Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. This is episode 191 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, June 11th, 2022. Coming up, what's up with the new Hunter Biden hack? This is not the laptop. This is the hack of his iCloud material. What did Hunter call his dad? Also, what did Barack Obama admit about the COVID vaccine? It's all coming up on this episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners. Most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please... Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, before we get to the vaccine, let's talk about what's going on with Hunter Biden in case you haven't heard about it. Jack Davis over at WesternJournal.com reporting a new claim has emerged that Hunter Biden's iCloud account has been hacked, creating the possibility of yet more disclosure of the activities of Joe Biden's son, the Washington Examiner, reported members of the 4chan community are claiming to have hacked the account. By way of proof, screenshots that were claimed as being taken from Hunter Biden's phone and computer were posted late late Saturday. Now, that's the beginning of the WesternJournal.com article here. But let's uh, let's go to the PostMillennial.com. This is where it kind of gets deeper. Hunter Biden's iPhone backup data allegedly hacked by 4chan users. Members of the 4chan online community have allegedly hacked Hunter Biden's iCloud backup data by cracking his iPhone's password late Saturday. Human Events host Jack Posobiec posted July 9th on Twitter, quote, 4chan has apparently cracked Hunter Biden's iPhone backup password and are leaking everything, unquote. The Gazette reports 4chan users were rapidly posting the alleged contents of Hunter Biden's iCloud, iCloud account to the 4chan forum on Saturday night. Site administrators were rushing to take down or archive the posts as quickly as they went up. Many posts on the site still remain, are being posted anew, or are being saved to other sites. In another tweet on the alleged Hunter crack, Posobiec wrote, 4chan has already created torrents from the Hunter Biden iPhone and iCloud backups and are now seeding them. That means even if 4chan gets shut down, the copies will still be out there on the Internet. Washington Examiner tried, but was unable to immediately verify the contents of Hunter Biden's hacked iCloud. CNBC reported Sunday 
that Apple has announced a new feature for iPhones called Lockdown Mode, which will protect high-profile users such as politicians and activists against state-sponsored hackers. Okay, but what if Hunter doesn't want his iPhone protected? And what if these are not state-sponsored hackers? I mean, just, just thought I'd throw that out there. Guy videotapes everything he does, including smoking illegal drugs and prancing around in his birthday suit. What, what if he doesn't want anything blocked? Anyway, the post-millennial continues. Earlier this year, the Washington Examiner was able to further verify the contents of Hunter Biden's, quote, laptop from hell, unquote, which was a story broken by the New York Post in October 2021. Um, no, that's not, that's a typo. It's a story broken by the New York Post in October 2020 before the election. So the Washington Examiner was able to verify the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop after it was examined by former Secret Service agent Konstantinos Gus Dimitrilos, a cyber forensics expert. Using a technique he developed called digital sandwiching, Dimitrilos said Hunter Biden was the only person capable of producing the data emerging from the laptop. While the hacked iCloud contents have yet to be verified, Dimitrilos did show... The Biden's iCloud had been syncing his data across not only the laptop, but also his iPhone and iPad. Hunter's Apple ID was allegedly on 46 different devices since 2011, including multiple computers, phones, tablets, and Apple TVs, many of which could have hacked or could have backed up information to his iCloud. Information coming out of Hunter's Laptop has illustrated that between November 2018 and March 2019, Joe Biden wired his son $100,000 for his expenses, at least 30000 of which went to pay off delinquent debts to prostitutes. Various other details have emerged about the president's son. I'm sorry, I, I don't refer to Joe Biden as the president. Various other details have emerged about Dementia Joe's son's drug and prostitution habits. More revelations have also come out concerning Dementia Joe's financing of Hunter's overseas business deals. Right before the 2020 presidential election, then-candidate Joe Biden agreed to cover over $800,000 of his son Hunter Biden's bills, including legal bills that were associated with a Chinese firm. On Thursday... It was revealed the Biden administration sent nearly 1 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserves to a Chinese energy company in which Joe Biden's son, Hunter, had a stake as recently as 2015. You know what? I bet he still does. I bet he still does have a stake. So, so what What does Hunter Biden call his dad in these iCloud leaks? Apparently, he calls him Pedo Peter. See, part of the leaks are texts and phone numbers, okay? 
Now, back in October of 2020, the NationalPulse.com had an exclusive. Is Peter Henderson Joe Biden's email pseudonym? Hunter Biden's email account appears to show his father, former Vice President Joe Biden, used the pseudonym Peter Henderson when trading emails with his family. The National Pulse can exclusively reveal. While Joe Biden, or the big guy, has his real name attached to his private account for some time, it changed around early 2016, going from Joseph Biden to Peter Henderson and Hunter's emails. It's unclear whether this change was on Hunter's end, on his devices, or on Joe's, but Peter Henderson's emails, including messages such as keep in touch, love dad, and shared links often about Hillary Clinton. In Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan series, Peter Henderson is the name of a KGB mole that that infiltrated the U.S. government. How about that? How about that? Now, you know, we keep on being told by the Biden regime that Putin's awful, he's our enemy, Zelensky in Ukraine are wonderful, and we got to boycott this, that, and the other thing from Russia. And yet, uh, it was recently reported the Russian ruble is at a seven-year high, that the Russian economy is booming while ours is going down the tubes. Gee, so I wonder why Joe Biden would use the name of a fictional character from the Jack Ryan series who was a Russian spy in the U.S. government. I'm sure you can do the math. Goodness, goodness, goodness. So, um, also, also, according to the Sun newspaper, text messages on an iPhone backup stored on the laptop computer show Joe show Hunter Biden showing contempt for Jill Biden. Jill is Hunter Biden's stepmother. His own mother was killed in an auto accident in 1972. An exchange from late December 2018 related that Jill Biden supposedly mocked a plan of Hunter Biden's to live with his uncle James and teach. The text claimed that Jill Biden told Hunter, quote, well, you're not going to be doing anything at all for yourself or your family if you just refuse to get sober, unquote. Well, you know, she's got a point. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, I don't care who says it. If it's true, she's got a point. The text to his uncle claimed Hunter saying, I said, you know what, Mom, you're a blank moron, a vindictive moron. Continues, I supported my GM family including some of the costs you should have used your salary to pay for the last 24 years. Oh, the text continues. And you do know the drunkest I've ever been is still smarter than you could ever even comprehend. And you're a blank grammar teacher that wouldn't survive one class in an Ivy graduate program. 
Oh, the text continues. So go blank yourself, Jill. Let's all agree I don't like you any more than you like me. Unquote. Hunter also said that in his seven stints in rehab, his father, quote, literally has never come to one, never actually called me while in rehab, so that's a little insane, unquote. In a text to Hallie Biden, the widow of his brother, Beau, with whom he had a fling, he slammed both women. Blank my stepmother for always being as much of a selfish, silly, entitled blank as you. So this, this Hunter Biden guy, he's got a mouth on him, you know. I mean, I, I you know, I don't want to go too far on a limb here. And I know what you may be thinking. Uh, come on, Doc, don't judge, don't judge. But I just think, uh, I hope you'll pardon me um, if I, uh, well, I mean, I, I hope you'll excuse me a, uh, I just think it. I just think Hunter is is not a nice person. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. You want to hate on me for that? I mean, I just. But he, I mean, he just uh, he just doesn't come across as a nice person. So. I hope you won't think less of me for that uh, for that value judgment. Now I want to I want to do a little bit on the uh, the vaccine here. So, uh, Doctor Robert Malone has a movie coming out called Uninformed Consent, and. Um, He's got a trailer out for uninformed consent. And on the trailer, you have, um, well, you have clips from a bunch of different people. And so what I did was I took a lot of time to to do the painstaking work of making a separate audio file of each clip so I can tell you who, you know, who you're listening to. Because, you know, a, a, a movie trailer is, is it's a video phenomenon. And, of course, uh, at least for the time being, we are an audio medium. We might go video someday, but at least for the time being, we're an audio medium. And so... You can't see the names of the people, so I got to tell you who they are. So the trailer for Dr. Robert Malone's Unintended Consent movie begins with good old Dementia Joe Biden. The safest thing for your child 12 and over is to get them vaccinated. Now that's not true, and it doesn't matter whether he knows it's not true or not, because I guarantee you one thing. He doesn't care whether it's true. Okay? Couldn't care less. Now, one of the shocking things about this trailer is when mainstream media outlets 
admit there might be an issue with the vaccine. That's, I mean, I'm sure Fauci wasn't happy about that. I'm sure the FDA, the CDC, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, I'm sure nobody was happy about that. And yet we got a, we got a clip from the Today Show on NBC. 16 to 24 year olds who received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine have experienced higher than normal cases of myocarditis and inflammation of the heart muscle. Now, did you expect to hear that on the Today Show? See, I don't watch that kind of stuff. I mean, when I was a little boy, many, many years ago, my parents would have the Today Show on. But that was a different kind of Today Show. You know? Um, The Hugh Downs and Barbara Walters of the 1960s would not recognize the mainstream media of today. Okay, more from the trailer for Dr. Robert Malone's uninformed consent movie. Here is United States Senator and Dr. Rand Paul. The one truth you won't be told is an 85-year-old has a 10,000 times greater chance of dying than the 10-year-old. Do you think a 10-year-old should get the same health care and the same prescriptions for what they need to do as an 85-year-old? Well, no, but this has never been about our health, has it? No. No, it's never been about our health. If it had ever been about our health, then they wouldn't have kept lying to us, you know? Now, I do my show out of the state I live in, Arkansas, and the University of Arkansas medical system in 2021 planted a fake news story with all the television news operations in Little Rock ridiculing the idea of using ivermectin for the China virus, saying that it was horse paste and it was not fit for humans. Even though, I guarantee you, Dr. Cam Patterson, the guy in charge of the University of Arkansas Medical System, knows good and well that seven or eight years earlier, the people who developed ivermectin won a Nobel Prize for Medicine for how wonderful ivermectin is for human beings, okay? So now, now we go to the great racist, he of the blackface, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, um, son of Maggie Trudeau, and apparently uh, not son of Pierre Trudeau, but probably son of uh, Fidel Castro, like father, like son. You're going to be able to get your vaccine as soon as you turn five. Uh, and I know you're excited and I know you're eager. What a monster. Vaccinating five-year-olds. What a monster. Okay, Dr. Peter Malone's uninformed consent. Trailer continues. And the next clip we have is of, of an unidentified young man in hospital in Canada. I got the second COVID shot Tuesday, and within four days, I have been diagnosed with myocarditis. Um, and they know about all this. There have been millions of reports 
of adverse events in response to the vaccinations. And yet, the money's just too good, so it keeps on rolling. Uh, Back to Justin Trudeau. And this is very revealing. Every single vaccine available in Canada has been approved by Health Canada as being both safe and effective. We all want to get through this pandemic as quickly as possible. And that means all of us getting vaccinated. Okay, so guess where Health Canada, that he just, uh, Pierre Trudeau, not Pierre Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, just uh, bragged that all the vaccines available in Canada, guess where Health Canada gets their funding? Because it's, it's right there on the trailer. They get their funding from the pharmaceutical industries, the pharmaceutical companies, the pharmaceutical industry. So, gee, what a shock that they would say, that the vaccines are A-OK. I'm shocked. Shocked, I tell you. As a trailer for Dr. Robert Malone's uninformed consent movie continues, next we go to uh, Dr. Charles Hoff, veteran family doctor and ER doctor in British Columbia, Canada. They carry on forcing people to have this shot that has now broken all records for vaccine injury and death and is clearly not working. None of this makes sense. That's right. None of it makes sense. Well, unless you just follow the money, right? Um, Next, coming up next... On the trailer for Dr. Robert Malone's forthcoming movie, Uninformed Consent, we have Dr. Stephen Malthouse. Now, he's one of the founders of the Canada Health Alliance, and he's a physician in British Columbia who became somewhat infamous for his courageous steps in questioning the China virus extreme measures. October 2020, he wrote an open letter to the health officer of the British Columbia province in Canada, Bonnie Henry, calling her out on the drastic measures being implemented, which were not based on scientific evidence, were causing a great deal of harm. All right, so here is... Dr. Stephen Malthouse. Divide and conquer has been in the playbook for such a long time, and we're seeing that now. So what they did in the Nazis is they picked out the Jews, and then they created a health issue so people would have an excuse and something to direct their anger at, uh, the Jews as being unclean and infectious. So that helped people justify their actions. We're doing the same thing now. They're creating the dangerous, infectious people who have not had the COVID-19 vaccine, that those people are dangerous to the other. And that's how it's created this division of the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. There it is. And you know he's telling the truth. Now next, on the trailer for Dr. Robert Malone's 
uninformed consent movie. We have a clip from Alan Castles, longtime researcher of the pharmaceutical industry and uh, author of a number of books. He's been uh, researching this for 27 years. People would say, but we had this, we had this virus, we had this pandemic, we had to do this. One thing that 27 years of studying the drug industry has taught me is that caution and careful science is slow. It takes a while. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Finally, we, uh, we go to Dr. Robert Malone himself, the guy who uh, is producing this movie entitled Uninformed Consent. And see what Dr. Malone is saying here. When you get dug into these positions and you can't come out of those foxholes, you can't be flexible, then we're stuck with bad policy. Yeah, because they can't admit. They can't admit what they've done, right? I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's going to be a reckoning. There will be a reckoning. A lot of lives have been lost. Can't admit what they've done. If you're going to do something overnight and then give it to almost the entire adult population and possibly the, the child population as well, you better make sure that the longer-term benefits outweigh the harms. And that was uh, Alan Castles again. And then we go back to Dr. Robert Malone. And again, it's his movie. Uninformed consent. And this is uh, the end of what we have on the trailer. We are in the middle of the largest experiment in human beings that has ever been performed. Are we now? Now, before I play a clip from Barack Obama, who spoke recently at Stanford about the vaccines, Well, just hold that thought. Hold that thought. Again, Robert Malone, five seconds long. We are in the middle of the largest experiment in human beings that has ever been performed. In the middle of the largest experiment in human beings that's ever been performed. Okay? All right, so hold that thought. Because unwittingly, Unwittingly, Barack Obama is about to help make this case, something he said recently at Stanford. But first of all, we appreciate so much our friends, our advertisers, for making it possible for us to do what we do every day here. And I hope you will show your appreciation. For instance, if you need to buy a new or used car, is one place to go. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options. 
and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. Don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, thank you so much again to our advertisers, our friends Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones Financial Advisor and also Mitch Ward over at RedRiverYourWay.com. We appreciate y'all. Now, again, remember the last thing that Dr. Robert Malone says in the trailer for his new movie, Uninformed Consent. It's only five seconds long. We are in the middle of the largest experiment in human beings that has ever been performed. Okay. In the middle of the largest experiment on human beings that has ever been performed. Would it shock you if I told you that Barack Obama himself unwittingly made a statement recently at Stanford University and unknowingly 
gave all the evidence you need that Dr. Malone is absolutely correct. Barack Obama agrees. And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide, around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of misinformation. But, of course, what he doesn't admit is that people are dying because of the misinformation that the vaccines are safe. But did you hear what he said? Essentially, clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. I bet you're not one of them. We've clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. It's a test. It's a test. And he has admitted it. Now, I don't know if you've heard that anywhere else. What we try to do on the Doc Washburn Show is bring you information that you're not hearing anywhere else. Okay? I uh, I do show prep basically around the clock. And I hope it helps. So, um, you know, if you got any liberal friends who think you're just crazy for refusing the jab, crazy for refusing the clot shot, as it were, tell them you don't want to be part of some big test. And when they say, well, what are you talking about? Tell them. Barack Obama himself said it's a big worldwide test of billions of people. Right? I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Now, uh, Jerome Adams was the Surgeon General under Trump. All right? And, um, Sometimes he likes to mix it up with people on Twitter, but he always, he always, always, always winds up with the short end of the stick, okay? Tell you what happened. So, a guy named Halman David Hamadi, board-certified MD, ophthalmologist, and PhD research scientist, he, um, he put up a picture from April 15th, 2020. He said, I had to pretend to be homeless. Therefore, immune from arrest in California to visit an empty, fenced-off, guarded Santa Monica Beach during peak COVID lockdown hysteria. We'll never see the site again. Yet, Jerome Adams, former Surgeon General under Trump, denies having lockdowns. And a guy named Trey Radel former congressman, apparently has a show over on Fox Radio, says, Tax-paying resident, we will hunt you down on your paddleboard and arrest you. Homeless, carry on. 
So former Surgeon General Jerome Adams says, Trey, I'm the first to admit that is ridiculous, but unlike many others, I can also admit that two years ago when we knew very little about a deadly virus, and has it been the case for quite a while now, so the question is, how can we stop the hyperbole and all do better now? Yeah, that's not going over too well with uh, Dr. J. Bhattacharya, Professor Stanford School of Medicine, infectious disease specialist, who said no good reason on April 2020 to arrest paddle boarders with no evidence of outdoor spread. Public health destroyed his credibility that day. Should have focused on protection of vulnerable elderly. Acknowledgement of error is good, but would be better without the qualification. Jerome Adams doesn't know when to leave well enough alone, so he comes back. Again, former Surgeon General of Indiana under Mike Pence and then of the U.S. under Trump says, again, why does everything have to be a fight about 2020? People were dying, people were scared, and people reacted or overreacted. Further, it wasn't ever about one person out on a paddleboard. It was about people congregating in public spaces. Policies are made for many versus one. He says, and again, you've pulled the conversation back into 2020 and paddleboards versus 2022 and what we know now and what we all can be doing together now. He says, I'm trying to help. It seems you just want to complain and politicize, but I'm here if you ever want to have a sincere discussion. Yeah, this doesn't go over well. The great Alex Berenson responds. He says, Jerome Adams, until four weeks ago, unvaccinated people weren't allowed to fly in Canada, a country larger than the U.S. In Australia, police attacked the vaccine and locked down protesters last year. Austria tried mandatory vaccines this spring. The craziness long outlasted 2020. And I am beyond sick of the excuse, quote, we didn't know how dangerous this was, unquote. By late March 2020, we knew the risks were low to anyone not elderly and or morbidly obese. By early April, we knew that even under the worst conditions, like New York City, COVID would not cause hospital collapse. Everything since then has been driven by hatred of Trump and rear-end covering in several different flavors, including a desire to hide the virus's origins, along with a heaping of nanny state scientific illiteracy and more recently a desperate faith in the great God vaccine. I know you're a good guy, and I'll never forget you standing up for tell your children, but your unwillingness to acknowledge reality here is painful. Painful. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, this Jerome Adams guy who pleaded with people not to wear masks in March 2020 and then a couple of months later was saying, you got to wear a mask. No. No. It's, uh, 
It's messed up. And uh, the idea they didn't know how harmful masks were, I'm supposed to buy that? No. No, I'm uh, I'm definitely not buying that. Because what can be known about how harmful masks are has been known for a long long time. And none other than John W. DeFeo, former media exec at LiveScienceSpace.com, Tom's Guide. He posted the um, observational effects of forced masking of toddlers, children, and adolescents. So, physical, acne, aspiration of vomit, breathing difficulties, choking hazard, dermatitis, discomfort, fogged corrective lenses, headache, heat exhaustion, impaired communication, nosebleeds. Developmental observational effects of forced masking of toddlers, children, and adolescents, delayed speech, language difficulties, Prosopagnosia risk factor, social isolation, withdrawal. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to look that up. Prosopagnosia, because I don't know what that is. It's also called face blindness. It's a cognitive cognitive disorder of face perception in which the ability to recognize familiar faces, including one's own face, self-recognition is impaired. Oh, my goodness. Psychological. Psychological observational effects of forced masking of toddlers, children, and adolescents. Anxiety, depression, emptiness, sensation, hair pulling, loss of autonomy, loss of consent, panic attacks, self-esteem issues, skin picking. Social, Social or emotional difficulty making friends, loss of empathy cues, discriminatory bullying, exacerbation of disability, segregation by exemption. These things were all known. These things were all known. And yet, and yet, oh, wait. He's got video of Burks? Deborah Burks? Is that who this is on uh, Newsmax? Let's say. Uh, Let's check it out here. 
And I think sometimes we use mandates because we don't want to take the time to explain the science and the data and really have people understand who should be using them and why they should be using them. Well, I didn't expect it to go to a different language there, but... Um, Burks, the one who refused to live by the rules that she laid down about masks and social distancing and avoiding travel because she wanted to go see her family, you know, her mom and dad, whatever. Deborah Burks, Trump will tell you now that Burks and uh, Fauci are con artists, but. Unfortunately, he didn't know it then. I don't know if any of us knew then. It's crying shame, man. It's crying shame. So, um, don't ever let them go back. Don't ever let them go back. You know? Speaking of which, the great Phil Kirpin over at um, American Commitment and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, organization that he is in along with Stephen Moore, Arthur Laffer, and Steve Forbes, Syndicated columnist also, Phil Kirpin. He's got something out of Arkansas, the state that I uh, live in. Yeah, there's a little article from a TV station in Little Rock, Arkansas, KATV, Channel 7. Little Rock School District requiring masks next week after hitting orange COVID level. And Phil Kirpin, great syndicated columnist, says Governor Asa Hutchinson signed a bill blocking child mask mandates, then changed his mind and asked the legislature to repeal it. When they refused, he got a corrupt county judge buddy to test the law, pardon me, to toss the law. And this anti-science, anti-child nonsense is still happening in Arkansas. Yes, it is. I responded. I said, Governor Aza Hutchinson also vetoed a bill to outlaw castrating children. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has nothing but praise for him, though. A lot of people in Arkansas are going to be disappointed if she governs as he did. Well, I tried to warn them. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's a shame. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What I'm going to continue to do is to share the truth with you and let you know what's going on. I don't ever want people to say, well, why didn't you tell us? 
Why didn't you tell us? Again, this Jerome Adams guy who was Surgeon General of the United States under Trump said on Twitter Sunday morning, says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but saying we'll never lock down again is a political campaign slogan, not a real and honest discussion about pandemic policy. He said we never locked down before, especially so in the places that most complain about it, so we can't do it again. He says, I appreciate what you went through talking to a guy who uh, disagreed with him. He said, I have three school-aged kids who went through the same. I respectfully would suggest people like Brittany Griner or my brother, who was actually was in prison in 2020, would argue that there are different degrees of lockdown hell. Well, okay, so that's when I jumped in. That's when I jumped in. Because, yeah, let me get the tweet for you. Because that's when I just, I couldn't take anymore. I couldn't take anymore. Yeah, I had to respond to that. I said, perhaps I can help. If Brittany Griner broke a drug law in Russia, she should not be surprised to wind up in prison over there. On the other hand, what y'all recommended for children is abuse. It was unwarranted. And in a just society, all of you would be held accountable. Not holding my breath on that, but but that's the thing. That's the thing. He was responding to a guy. who said, as someone who lived in lockdown hell in Minnesota for two years, I lost one, my high school graduation, two, my prom, three, my first year of college, four, social interaction. Public health locked me in my bedroom along with many other kids. That doesn't constitute lockdown. I don't know what does. So this knucklehead, Jerome Adams, comes back and talks about people who are in prison who deserve to be there. You know, There was a great philosopher that was on television, actually, in an animated series when I was growing up. His name was Bugs Bunny. And he had a uh, a saying about people like former Surgeon General Jerome Adams. What a maroon! I mean, that's... That's it! (sighs) It's uh, frustrating. Frustrating. Um... So Newsmax has a very troubling story about what is being found in urine samples of American citizens. Oh, my goodness. And um, that's coming up. It's coming up. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year. 
and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minson and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justice team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minson, make sure the Minson Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, Eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar? Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. You're outside central Arkansas. Go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thanks again to our friends and advertisers, Dr. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree, my doctors at Arkansas Cervical Center, and my good good old buddy attorney, Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. All right, now, Newsmax has a very troubling story of a CDC study. According to a new report, From the American Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, an overwhelming number of urine samples from adults and children in a new health study contained glyphosate, the active weed-killing chemical that has been linked to cancer. Out of over 2,300 urine samples, 80% were laced with traces of the chemical, which is the active ingredient found in herbicides worldwide, including Roundup, focus of thousands of lawsuits, according to the UK Guardian. About one-third of participants in the study were children aged 6 to 18. While researchers have been reporting the levels of glyphosate in human urine samples for years, CDC studies started only recently. CDC's research involves the amount of human exposure to the herbicide in the U.S., as concerns grow about the impact of herbicides in water and food on 
the health of humans and the environment. Bill Landrigan, who worked for years at the CDC and the Environmental Protection Agency and now directs the program for global public health and the common good at Boston College, said people of all ages should be concerned, but I'm particularly concerned for children. Children are more heavily exposed to the pesticides than adults because pound for pound, they drink more water, eat more food, and breathe more air. Also, children have many years of future life when they can develop diseases with long incubation periods, such as cancer. This is particularly a concern with the herbicide uh, glyphosate. Leanne Shepard, professor at the University of Washington's Department of Environmental and Occupational Health Sciences, said she expects it will be disturbing to many people. She said, We know that a large fraction of the population has it in urine, and any people will be thinking about whether that includes them. Ms. Shepard co-authored an analysis in 2019 showing that exposure to glyphosate increases the risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She also co-authored a paper that year examining 19 studies that documented glyphosate in urine. Anyway, uh, if you want to read the rest of the article there, just go to Newsmax.com and uh, type in CDC study. Wow. Now, I, I want to... Um, I want to address something that has come up over and over again. Even to mention Joe Biden has uh, referred to this. The story of a 10-year-old pregnant girl who had to go across state lines because she couldn't get an abortion in Ohio and had to go to Indiana. A lot of people have been talking about that. Uh, people who are furious that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And... Um, Award-winning journalist and author Megan Fox, author and broadcaster PJ Media, she uh, she took a look at the story over there on the Twitter. And she said, the story about a 10-year-old pregnant girl who had to go from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion gives me serious pause for a number of reasons. There are many red flags. I'm going to de- detail them here. But first... She had screenshots. The story was covered in Politico, TMZ, Mother Jones, MSNBC. Um, all over the mainstream media, in other words. So Megan Fox says, number one, a pregnant 10-year-old is evidence of a heinous crime against a child. But in every article... And there's so many of them, there is no mention of criminal investigation, no police involvement, not even a town where this horrible crime allegedly occurred. Number two, an unnamed alleged child abuse doctor called Dr. Caitlin Bernard, an abortionist in Indiana, to ask for help. But any doctor who knows of abuse will be required to also call law enforcement. There should be a criminal investigation going on involving Ohio Department of Family Services and police. Number three, which maybe should be number one, the timing of this horrific story is too on the nose. Roe v. Wade was just overturned 
The media is desperate for stories to push the pro-abortion narrative, stoke fear, anger, and division. They love this. Number four, the article first published in the Indianapolis Star, local Ohio papers site, but in record time, was picked up by huge international press. That's confusing. It was first covered in the Indy Star and a local Ohio paper site. It was picked up by huge international press in record time. On July 2nd, The Hill and Newsweek had it. And by the 3rd, the UK Guardian had it. By the 4th, it was even on TMZ. Reaching all the kids. She says, I heard about it from a teenager at a July 4th party and a red flag went off big time. If the kids had heard about it, it was placed where they will see it intentionally. Fake news is always sold to the youngins because they will swallow it the fastest. And she has a link to um, Dana Bash over at CNN, State of the Union, grilling South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem over abortion ban with the 10-year-old pregnant girl story. Now, number five. Megan Fox says it was immediately used as a political weapon against Republican Governor Kristi Noem and will be used against other pro-life politicians to make them answer this possibly hypothetical or made-up scenario to win political hit points. Number six. Dr. Caitlin Bernard, the abortionist, the only source is an abortionist and has been in the New York Times participating in an anti-Trump hit piece and is clearly an activist. She has a stake in preserving abortion. It literally pays her bills. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Megan Fox, hold it, hold it, hold it. Are you possibly suggesting that a person who makes a living murdering babies might also be willing to lie to the media? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, gee, I, I guess. Well, that's kind of a stretch, though, isn't it? A person who makes her living ripping babies limb from limb, getting blood all over a nice white coat, might be willing to lie to the media. Okay, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with this as an operating theorem. I think Megan Fox might have hit on something here. Number seven, she says, there's no way to verify Dr. Bernard's claim. She has doctor-patient confidentiality. No one can do a Freedom of Information Act request on her. Of course, the media will not ask any questions, and even if they did, she wouldn't answer them. There is no proof that this 10-year-old girl even exists, and yet the media ran with it Full tilt. I wonder why. I wonder why. Number eight, Jennifer Rubin. Jennifer Rubin used this to batter conservatives, her former colleagues in the Washington Post. This further gives me serious doubts about the veracity of the story. Jennifer Rubin is a notorious tool for the left using this story to harm pro-lifers. And she links to an op-ed by Jennifer Rubin 
in Washington Post. Number nine, why didn't any of them care about the crime committed against the child? Lawmakers in Ohio should demand an investigation into who raped this child. They're the only ones who can get information through the Ohio Department of Family Services and help the girl seek justice for the crime if it happened. Did it? Number 10. Again, the abortionist, Dr. Caitlin Bernard over in Indiana, got a call from another doctor asking for help for a horribly abused child, and her first instinct was to call the media. That should make you all stop and think for a minute. What's really going on here? And then she has a screenshot. She says, here's what the spread over time through media looks like according to the first two pages of a Google search. I'm going to do other search terms, but this story had legs. Is that an accident that it got maximum coverage? Okay, July 1st, Indiana Star. July 2nd, The Hill and Newsweek. July 3rd, Politico, Mother Jones, The UK Guardian. July July 4th, TMZ. July 5th, MSNBC, Maddow Blog. Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, Michigan Advance, an informed letter to the editor. Then Megan Fox says, here she is again. Dr. Caitlin Bernard in June interviewed by PBS crying, predicting doom, the very thing she's now claiming. How is she in contact with so much media? And she has a screenshot of the interview with PBS in June. June 27th. Article says an abortion ban is likely in Indiana. A provider warns of consequences for women's health. Megan Fox continues saying the big question now is why was it the Indianapolis Star or the Indiana Star that reported this exclusively of all local Ohio news stations, ABC, CBS, NBC, that didn't report it? According to the Indiana Star site, they're owned by Gannett company, a huge media company, which owns uh, USA Today. But Gannett's site doesn't list them. So is this still accurate? She says, and here's Dr. Caitlin Bernard again, more media coverage in June before this alleged incident where she is predicting doom. She's a serious abortion activist. Well, again, that's how she made her money. Yeah, Indianapolis. WRTV, ABC TV affiliate in Indianapolis. Little, little article here from TV reporter Kayla Molander, or Molander, at ABC TV in Indianapolis. Hundreds of healthcare workers and medical students rallied for abortion access on the IUPUI campus Wednesday evening. Caitlin Bernard said, Abortion care is health care. There's no way around it. Bernard is an OBGYN who teaches at IU School of Medicine. She also helped organize the rally. She said, we already have incredibly high maternal mortality here in Indiana. We already have difficulty taking care of patients, and this is just going to make it that much harder. But what the TV reporter, of course, doesn't mention is that she kills babies for a living. They just say she's an OBGYN. Megan Fox says, and again on June 30th, and yet another publication. This woman sure gets around. WTHR. NBC 13 in Indianapolis this time. And again, quoting Caitlin Bernard. 
as an OBGYN and faculty member at IU School of Medicine, but not as an abortionist, talking about how awful it is that it might become illegal to murder babies. And then she says, by the time I'm, Megan Fox says, by the time I'm done, it's going to be harder to find news outlets Dr. Caitlin Bernard is not in. And she has a quote from her in Politico on June 29th. And again, in the the New Republic on July 5th. And then Dr. Caitlin Bernard encouraging women to give themselves abortions. No, really. In the Herald Bulletin on July 5th. How does she have time to do abortions between mediates? And then again, she had an, uh, Megan Fox has an updated graph on the related media featuring Dr. Caitlin Bernard. And the story of women are going to die because of Roe stories she was involved in still going. This is going to be a big spreadsheet by the time I'm done. Megan Fox says, boy, there are a lot of them. Then Dr. Caitlin Bernard is also the plaintiff in a case to fight the abortion restrictions in the second trimester against the Attorney General of Indiana. Now, this is a law Dr. Caitlin Bernard is suing over. She wants to tear second trimester babies limb from limb. The ACLU is helping her do this. Uh, From her lawsuit, the Enrolled Act creates a new statutory section in the Indiana Code which provides that a person may not knowingly or intentionally perform a dismemberment abortion unless reasonable medical judgment dictates that performing the abortion is necessary to prevent any serious health risk to the mother or to save the mother's life. Well, serious health risk. I mean, that's that's a hole you can drive a truck through. The Enrolled Act provides at Indiana Code, dismemberment abortion means an abortion with the purpose of killing a living fetus in which the living fetus is extracted one piece at a time from the uterus through clamps, grasping, forceps, tongs, scissors, or another similar instrument that, through the convergence of two rigid levers, slices, crushes, or grasps a portion of the fetus's body to cut or rip it off. Dismemberment abortion does not include an abortion that uses suction to dismember a fetus by sucking fetal parts into a collection container. So she's uh, admitting what she does there in the lawsuit. Megan Fox says, don't know the outcome. It was filed in 2019. It is not a fun read. No, it is not. Caitlin Bernard sued to stop a law in Indiana that would outlaw dismemberment abortions in the second trimester and won. Okay, so she did find out the outcome. Now that Roe is overturned, the state is asking to have that injunction lifted. Naturally, Caitlin Bernard at this point is spitting nails. Then another screenshot. Dr. Caitlin Bernard, the woman who looks like she made up the story of the pregnant 10-year-old, again on July 1st, but this time instead of encouraging self-abortions, she now says they're risky and is blaming Republicans for them. Now, again, in another article, she had said self-abortions are an option for women, though, contradicting herself. And then Megan Fox says, I think this is all the news stories from this one claim by Dr. Caitlin Bernard about the pregnant 10-year-old, notice that there are no local Ohio stations reporting just the Indiana Star, but from that one article, all these outlaws ran with it. 
I have questions. Again, Indiana Star, Daily Mail, Yahoo News, Daily Beast, Huffington Post, The Hill, Newsweek, Politico, Mother Jones, UK Guardian, TMZ, MSNBC, Maddow Blog, Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, Michigan Avenue, Inform Letter to the Editor, The, the uh, New Republic, The Herald Bulletin, Fox 5. She says, not even Snopes can confirm this story. They want to, but they can't. Dr. Caitlin Bernard doesn't return anyone's calls. I wonder why that is. Then Megan Fox says, here's my press inquiry to the editor of the Indiana Star, which I don't think he will respond to, but it's worth a shot. What kind of vetting happened here? Yeah, what kind of vetting? Probably none. Probably none. So the executive editor of the Indiana Star, a guy who goes by Bro Crift, says he likes to talk but hasn't talked to Megan Fox yet about what vetting he did on the story and figures. And uh, it's just, wait a minute, the vocal, vocal fry in the upspeak is enough to put me in therapy. She links to ACLU of Indiana, says everyone loves someone who has had an abortion. Dr. Caitlin Bernard explains how we cannot judge another person's decision to have an abortion if we haven't walked in their shoes. Oh, I'm not going to play that. No. No, I'm not going to play that. Well, I mean, God bless Megan Fox for reporting on this and pointing out that it's probably a made-up story. Right? I mean, everything points in the direction of it being a made-up story. I don't think there's any way around that, right? Now, uh, that having been said, I'm kind of feeling like... um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, big old car dealership in the middle of the United States, which believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to. Online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Now, this is kind of funny. Twitchy.com. Twitchy is a website that collects funny tweets and reactions to funny tweets. And often they're unintentionally funny tweets from liberals. So this one is entitled, Blue Check Professor Claims Supreme Court is Out of Touch with Majority of Democratic Europe, schooled on why that doesn't mean jack or squat. Because uh, so often the Supreme Court rules based on popular opinion, huh? Totally. All the eyes roll. Michael McFall 
not only seems uninformed about the number of Americans who agree with the Supreme Court overturning Roe, it's more than half, but for whatever reason, he thinks we should care what democratic Europe thinks about the ruling. Now, Michael McFaul was United States ambassador to Russia for two years under Barack Obama, more than two years, and now now teaches at Stanford. Okay? So, so Michael McFaul, again, for some reason, thinks we should care what Democratic Europe thinks about the, the Dobbs ruling of the Supreme Court, which recently overturned Roe. And Twitchy.com says, you know, Europe, where most of their countries have stricter rules around abortion than most states in the U.S. do. So Michael McFaul tweets out, the Supreme Court is out of step with the majority of Americans and the majority of Democratic Europe. Okay, nobody cares. Matt Whitlock responded, saying almost all of the European Union has more restrictive abortion laws than than the United States, so this is silliness. So then Michael McFaul responds, interesting, I'm not an expert on abortion laws in Europe. What can I read to learn more? (laughs) And the ratio was so overwhelming that McFaul deleted his tweets. Because a lot of people said, well, Google is your friend, right? I mean, here's a guy that was an ambassador for the United States to Russia for over two years. He teaches at Stanford, and he literally exposes his ignorance about how Internet search engines work. Now, I know a lot of us don't like Google, but there's DuckDuckGo, there's Bing, there are all kinds of different ways. But he's like, yeah, where, where could I find out about that? Un. Believable. Other people addressed his belief that for some reason we should pay attention to Europe. They said things like, well, we're not Europe, so... Or, why doesn't the Supreme Court follow opinion polls? You'd think they'd far outweigh those silly words in the Constitution. Or... These are the former prom kings and queens for whom the popular kids' table was the ultimate sign of success being popular with the countries whose rear ends we either saved or kicked time and time again is more important than serving U.S. citizens in our best interests. Or I couldn't care less about what Europe thinks about us. Or, ha-ha, this is a parody, right? Or the Supreme Court rules based on constitutionality, not popular opinion. Or the Supreme Court interprets law, not popularity polls. Or the Supreme Court's only duty is to be in step with the Constitution. But the fact that he had no idea how to search for something on the Internet. Yeah, I wouldn't. He wouldn't have any idea how to find out what abortion laws are in European countries. That speaks volumes about what kind of person lacking basic intelligence could be an ambassador to a country as important as Russia for over two years under Barack Obama, and for that matter, um, teaches at Stanford. Know what I'm saying, Holmes? 
teaches at Stanford. Anyway, that is your tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate it. You've been listening to episode 191 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. Man, that's the way it is. Monday, July eleventh, twenty twenty-two.